0: dotnet.
1: The Twins will be facing elimination in game four of the AL Division Series against the Astros
2: tonight at Target Field. Joe Ryan will oppose Jose Urquidy on the mound. Start of week six, now one day away for the Chiefs as they get ready to host the Broncos tomorrow. Chiefs have won their last 15
1: games in a row against Denver. Olympic gold medal winning gymnast Mary Lou Retton is said to be fighting for
2: her life, hospitalized with a rare form of pneumonia according to her daughter. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow smoked wings and world Famous baby back ribs. This is Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.
1: Hour number two. Welcome back, Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. Here until one. David Kaplan, bottom of the hour. Check in on Chicago sports with Cappy. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors that. Mary Lou Retton fighting for her life? Yeah, with pneumonia. Uh, she had a perfect. Okay, so Olga Corbett was Montreal, right? <laughs> yeah, it was probably pre- precedes you. It does. Yes, it does. When did Mary Lou Retton do her thing? In the 80s? 84. 84? 84, Okay, yep. so that was the Los Angeles Olympics? It was. Uh, uh, interesting. Well, fight. Uh, look, I hope it all th- works out well for. Her, but uh, seems uh, pneumonia. Good God, maybe mm-hmm. take her life. Uh, anyways, Doc, you remember those days, right? Do You remember the Perfect Ten by Mary Lou Retton?
3: Of course, absolutely. On the vault, she was fantastic uh, yep. back in '84 in, in L.A. And I, I want to say, wasn't Nadia Comaneci in in Montreal? She was Olga Court and Olga Corbett, was. She was. I think she was more maybe Mexico City or. Or Munich. I can't remember which, but uh but yeah, that was uh Mary Lou Retton was uh was a superstar back in the eighty four Olympics in that summer and because we didn't have the eighty Olympics.
1: Yeah, they they were cancelled, right?
3: Yeah, that was uh, Russia in response yeah. to, uh, Didn't go to, Moscow. to the Soviet, U- yep. yeah, Soviet Union invading Afghanistan. So
1: yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I forgot about Nadia Komeni. She had one, uh, too. Anyways, women's gymnastics. Well, let's start with women's basketball. That's where your week started, Doc. Um, did you notice, first of all, before we get into the, uh, you know, some of the X's and O's, et cetera, more interest this year on uh, Big Ten Women's Basketball Day than you would normally anticipate there would have been?
3: I would say, you know, as a whole there is, no question, but I would say in Minneapolis it was a little different the way that they decided to do it. Instead of last year, they kind of did it by school, like there would be, you know, X number of schools on one day, X number of schools the next day. This time around it was more um, by the sport, so I don't know, you know, the, there's never been a good day or days for for Big Ten media basketball days, unlike football, and it's because, uh, you know, so many people, you know, it's hard to get to it. It's football season. So there wasn't a lot of media there, but there is certainly a lot of interest in, in Caitlin Clark, no question.
0: And we are just a few days away from the crossover at Kinnick. That's this Sunday. Trent. It's this Sunday, Jeez. right around the corner. The buzz right away was palpable. I don't know, it feels like it's maybe dissipated a little bit or maybe just fall out of our conscience because of kind of what you just mentioned there. <laughs> what do you anticipate the scene's going to be like Sunday, though, at Kinnick?
3: Yeah, if they get a play, if the weather cooperates, it's going to be pretty dramatic. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be something we haven't really seen because, it's in one, it's in a different end zone. But, two, it's just, it's going to be, um, you know, it's celebratory. You know, it's it's not like a football game where... You know, it, it, all the pomp and circumstances are cool, but then all of a sudden you got to actually play the game. Well, this is exhibition. So I think it's going to be kind of a celebration of women's basketball. It's kind of a tip off after last year. And you've got just,
2: uh,
3: I, I haven't seen the, the level of interest, but positive interest in any kind of team like i have with the women's basketball team so i expect that the scene to be off the charts from what we've encountered in that sport
1: you know just as an aside this will matter to very few of us in the listening audience but will you guys watch will you do your work from the football press box are they going to move you down
3: i guess i'm on the field or you know near court side so I think there are some people who are in the football press box, but I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm port side because gotcha. I'll be writing for the athletics. So.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Uh, well, uh, you made it back yesterday for Football Media Day, Doc. Uh, no, Shannon, he's practicing. Is there any indication that the NCAA may give a thumbs up or a thumbs down? We're all expecting a thumbs up. Any sooner than the end of October? Have you heard any change to the timeline?
3: I haven't because it does have to go through two more committees it's oh. a very bureaucratic system so it's not just a you know hey call it in and then voila it's there I mean even if I was through the big 10 it would be much quicker and easier you know but uh the fact you know that they they have to go through first of all it's division 1 council then there's you know there's two other levels it has to get to so my guess is it's got a shot at next week but more most likely it's probably probably be done in time for iowa's by, of course and then uh then they'll run through the the smoke of november but but either way it, it's a great development for him that, that that they can actually do this and now that he's practicing you know it's probably safety as well i mean that he can do this now and, and not not be forced to the field right away because that might be a challenge for him because he could very easily just get hurt in his first week if he's not ready for it and No doubt
0: about it, and coming off an injury on top of that shoulder injury where Kirk said yesterday you know, he wouldn't have probably even got pads on for until a couple of weeks ago. Oh, is that right? Yeah, as he's working his way back. So we'll see where he is and what kind of rotational piece that he can be. That defensive line, though, it had been a huge question mark before last week. How big of a step forward do you think it was for that defense, and specifically the defensive line a week ago?
3: It was important for them to get after the quarterback and kind of conclude plays in a positive way for mm-hmm. iowa i mean that was really the po- the the problem that you know they were doing a nice job in in run defense they were being semi-disruptive in the passing game but they just didn't close the deal they didn't get any sacks and that was something that was frustrating to them and it was really kind of causing some issues but the fact that they were able to, to generate six sacks 11 tackles for loss um i think is is a huge positive step for them uh, this week will be a great, a little bit more of a challenge because I think Wisconsin's offensive line is better. But that said, um, now that they've done it, now they can go forward and and uh, and, and work and, and feel like they they can still continue to do it.
1: Was uh, was was Ferentz asked either Saturday or or yesterday? I was surprised he didn't go for two uh, when to make the game, you know, seven point game. Instead, they kicked the extra point. Was he asked about that? And did he just did they just miss that doc?
3: Yeah, not, nobody asked him about it. I mean, it, it and then that's the problem. I mean, certain topics like that, it's kind of um, I don't know. You know, in, in retrospect, it really doesn't matter, <laughs> so it doesn't quite get asked. But, you know, I think in the, in the heat of the moment, I mean, if, if Purdue would have went down and scored and right. won the game, then that, that would have certainly been a major talking point. But, um, you know, we, we just have such a short time window, both to Sunday and Tuesday, it becomes kind of rhetorical to ask about those questions. But I, I agree. I mean, at the time when they're up, I'm like, okay, you know, they, they probably should go for uh, two and then they didn't. And, and, uh, you know, Kurt's kind of had some of those over the years.
0: Yeah. Yes, he has. And that one, well, what ended in a loss if Purdue would have scored when they got the ball back? Ultimately, it is a win for Iowa, setting up a showdown to win this terrible division, the Big Ten West. What is Iowa? What can they do? Realistically, what can they do offensively to stay in this football game, to try to stay on the field? The limitations we see with Deacon Hill. How Wisconsin, though a dif- different defensive staff, still a team that has played very well against this Iowa offense, what can the Hawkeyes do to move
3: the football? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought they made a lot of strides in the running game, and it wasn't just statistically, it was blocking-oriented. I thought that they were more hat-on-hat, hat, and then they were able to, to really take advantage of some of the different fronts that they were seeing and and be successful there. So I think that when running the ball is going to be essential, they cannot go... You know, run the ball 30 times for 61 yards and think that they're going to have a chance to win this game because they're just going to then just punt 10 times and hope for a bunch of turnovers. And that's, yeah, that hope's not really a strategy in this game. I think in some ways, though, if they can, if they can establish the run, be successful, move the ball and play field position football, but don't make sure they don't turn it over in the passing game, I think that could be there. Um, as long as their defense is able to, to kind of dictate the tempo, but, um, if, you know, six for 21 is not going to get it done, but, um, 12 for 24 might if there's no interceptions. And the one thing that they do with Deacon Hill that is his strength that can help out a little bit, I think, is that he, he does attack down the field. And if they can complete a couple of those passes, mm-hmm. it kind of negates the necessity for having a high completion percentage. But <laughs> that's a tough way to live, but that's probably <laughs> what they're going to have to do best is, and, and limit, you know, no turnover. So that's
1: really going to have to be yeah. the key. Uh, Wisconsin, as as much as they uh, you know want to uh, claim that they're trending toward air raid, etc. It seems like you know it's going to be a whole lot of Braylon Allen. It, it was a huge loss on that Friday night. It was a yeah, it was Purdue, right? Yes, it was. Malusi, the 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 other running mm-hmm. back who snapped his leg in that game, that was brutal. That was gross. Uh, but he looked as though he was having a major impact on this team. It's going to be a whole lot of Braylon Allen. I'm assuming,
3: Doc. Yeah, this is uh, this is what's gonna be fascinating because this is their first opponent that they're gonna face that's kind of um that understands Wisconsin's philosophy and they're gonna have to overtake it and and this is why I think Iowa is set up to to compete, you know, with Wisconsin, and that is that they ran out of eleven personnel or even ten personnel on almost ninety percent of their snaps. Uh so they're going at three and four wide receivers all the time, and they've been somewhat successful, but they've been successful against lower-tier competition doing that. And then they're going to try to obviously run with um, with Braylon Allen, but they don't run with a lot of two tight ends like they used to, no fullback, really. Um, so, you know, what they've tried to do is spread everybody out and then run the football. Well, you know, can Iowa handle those blocks one-on-one? I, yeah, I think they can for a lot of the game, but they're going to have to play a lot of... It's, a, it's just going to be a different... Style that they're used to with Wisconsin. And I don't think Wisconsin can play bully ball the way they once did. It's just going to be, uh, but, you know, Braylon Allen is a, a tremendous running back, don't get me wrong, a big physical guy, and Iowa's going to have to stop him repeatedly and then force them to the, to the pass and then hope that their, uh, their la- you know, their lack of, I guess, time together doesn't lead to a lot of good, consistent pl- passing plays. Iowa,
0: just for argument's sake. They lose on Saturday, twenty to seven. Not really in the football game. They go on, run the table, finish in ten and two. Successful year. Is that the best thing for the future of Iowa football, though?
3: Mm, you know, is success the enemy of progress? That's that's a real question. Ah, I think you know like there is there is some sort of a you know, a thought to that, and that is well, we were 10-2, and, and that way we don't need to make changes. But, yeah. you know, there, there is such an unrest with this program, as we all know and experience every day, that I'm not so sure that, that is healthy. However, you know, if, as an Iowa fan out there, would you say, okay, well, we'll be willing to lose to, to Rutgers and Nebraska <laughs> and <laughs> Illinois to make sure it happens. Yeah. No, You know, you don't, that'll right. make you feel even worse. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, <laughs> so it's a dangerous kind of figure eight for this it program is. right now. Uh, I, I think, though, what you want to concentrate on is beating Wisconsin. This is the West Division finale uh, of the big showdowns, and you want to win it. It's it's a rivalry game. You know, it's an important game, and uh, and if you win, you know, who knows what can happen. I, you know, whoever's going to win is probably going to be the sacrificial lamb in Indianapolis. But you might as well get the hardware while you're at it.
1: Yeah, good point, Doc. You've uh, you've listened to Ferentz, uh hundreds of times uh, in, in press conferences. The post game presser uh on Saturday was asked about the backup quarterback did you ever entertain I'm paraphrasing now I think it was asked by uh, somebody from the uh what's his name Steppy Step from the uh, uh from the Gazette uh regardless were you surprised at Ferris's uh answer when he was asked about the backup quarterback at all
3: Uh yeah a little bit I mean I, I you know he sometimes he gets dismissive of backup quarterbacks I think in his way it's he doesn't want to create a controversy, but in some ways he swipes them. I think we saw that a couple of years ago with Deuce Hogan and, uh, you know, it led to him transferring. And, and, uh, you know, he said it would be kind of silly to, to entertain the thought of, um, of Joe Labus getting in there, but, but you start to look at it and you go, well, your quarterback was six of 21. You know, he started one of 10. It wasn't exactly the model of consistency out there and he in, in, in probably the worst passing game I've seen. Mm. And so if that happens again, this weekend, if they throw three or four interceptions, which is very possible, and he's five of 21, I mean, people are going to be really wondering what's going on here. And, and, you know, but then again, this is there, you know, dare I say it, you know, with Kirk that his stubbornness has helped them be successful, but not championship caliber in some cases. And I think this might be it. If, if they go, if they have a poor game of that position, it's not. It's not because the is bare; it's because they're unwilling to do certain things that they have in the past. Whether that's run Wildcat or, dare I say, you know Cooper DeGene maybe <laughs> taking some reps there, but you know, but it's almost like, why ask? Because you know what the answer is going to be.
0: You know, I I've had this theory, and I talked with this with Ken earlier in the week. Is there something in Kirk's past that has just spooked him with the quarterback position? I have never seen a coach that is willing to make changes, doesn't matter, any other position, but at quarterback. We know leadership's important. Maybe that's what's behind it, but I can't remember ever seeing a coach so unwilling to even entertain the idea when it's right in front of you. CJ Beathard, Jake Rudock, Jake Christensen, Ricky Stanzi, and last year with as much as Peters was struggling, on and on and on. Do you have any idea why that quarterback position just seems so difficult for Kirk to make a change?
3: He thinks it, and I've had these kind of conversations with him in the past, and, and sometimes it, it's, he wants the leadership to, to be the, you know, the important thing. And if somebody's constantly looking over their shoulder, then they don't really have a leader at that position. But, you know, I get your point, and, and he has made changes, as you mentioned, it just took a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rudock bethard thing festered way too long, and I think that was one that, you know, they, they, I, I looked at it as Rudoc was, was good, Um, Beathard was pretty good and his trajectory was higher. And early in his career, Rudock was the better quarterback, but by the mid part of 2014, he wasn't. And that made things really challenging. And I think Jake would have been, I mean, Jake was probably one of the top five quarterbacks he had. It's just happened to coincide with Beathard. Um, but you know, and then the the problem was last year with, with Petrus. is every time they wanted to, or thought about making a change, it actually would have been worse. (laughs) <laughs> and and I've heard the same thing here, that, well, Joey Levis has struggled. I mean, they pretty much, you know, every single practice he's thrown a pick six. That's pretty much what I've heard. So they were shocked at the bowl game that he didn't. <laughs> so you know, so there, there's a lot there. Um, if he had somebody, I think they would probably be playing, but he doesn't. So he's going to buy in and, and go forward. But, you know, the lack of evolution and, and creativity is, is maddening. everybody you guys me yeah probably the world
1: indeed scott Dockerman from the athletic doc great stuff you've had a busy week i'll have a busy weekend with football in madison on saturday and then back to to kinnick on sunday for the crossover and we'll recap it on monday with you if your schedule allows doc thank you i appreciate you coming on what have you got uh, coming up at the athletic anything you'd like to promote between now and then
3: yeah i i had I had a one-on-one with Tony Petiti the other day. He's really
1: good, by and, the way, yes. Yeah,
3: we talked about a bunch of different things. But then also tomorrow I'm kind of recapping the the wild, wild Big Ten West and kind of the end of an era to some extent mm-hmm. with that division and, and how it's probably worse. It, it is definitely worse than it's ever been. So yeah. um, that's what I'm writing for tomorrow. And then we'll have a beat writer breakdown with Jesse Temple and I for Friday going over the whole matchup between the, the Badgers and the Hawkeyes.
1: Good stuff, Doc. We'll read it all at The Athletic, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep, good, yep, good to talk to Scott Dockerman of The Athletic as we catch up on Iowa. Catch up on a keyword? You want to well, do that?
0: Let's do that. Oh, breaking news. What have you got? Hit the sounder. Uh, 506 Sports is out with their maps for the week and find out what we get locally this so week for on. the NFL. hang on.
1: Let's play this game. Yeah, do, yeah. do
0: we have a minute? We do. Let me get the schedule in front of me. All
1: right. Who's got the double dip this week? This is a Fox doubleheader. Okay, is there a local? So Chicago and Minnesota will be the early game. It is. The CBS will counter with... What will CBS counter with? Do What's their... Ooh, they got a pile of garbage. Uh-huh. Um, mm. I think Prob- made, I think they made the right choice. S- Seattle, Cincy, yes, that's the one. I, I like that. Game. I do too.
0: And then the late game for Fox, they've got three choices. And nice. the state of Iowa is split, by the way. So Eastern Iowa has a game. We get a different game here in Central Iowa. So why would it split? Uh-huh. So there's a bunch
1: of clones on the Jets. That's a Fox game. So that works. Uh, it's Arizona Rams, it's Eagles, Jets, it's Deet,
0: Tampa Bay. I hope we get Deet, Tampa Bay. That's what I was hoping, too. We don't. Are you kidding me? We're getting Philadelphia and the Jets. Because of the Cyclones? I would guess. Brees Hall, Alan Lazard, Will McDonald, special teams ace. I know the game that I would rather see. It's it is Deet the Deets, Lions and absolutely. Tampa. Yeah, the two division leaders. Absolutely. Instead, we will be served up Philly Jets. Yuck. Whew.
1: Well, how many YouTube, I wonder if you, can could I, could I lend you my YouTube <laughs> sign in this weekend?
0: Well, for listeners that are maybe frustrated like I am, we can maybe put a little cash so they can get YouTube TV and DirecTV. Ooh. Oh, I see what you're uh-huh, doing. Uh-huh. Head to KXNO.com right now. The keyword this
1: hour is bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Bills at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 and make those uh, television decisions. Uh, Do we still call them television? Streaming decisions. Streaming decisions go away. Uh, we'll go away to Chicago, and Cappy will join us when we come back. Chicago Sports Talk with Caps and Stone of Iowa sponsors. It's Miller and Condon. We are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.
0: Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing...
1: Welcome back. to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's head to Chicago. He's the Cap Man. He joins us every Wednesday at 1230. Talk Chicago Sports. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cap Trenton, Ken, how are you?
2: I am excellent, excellent. I was driving through my old hometown. I grew up in Skokie, Illinois. I haven't been back here in a long time. And past this deli that my mom's been gone. It'll be three years in December. And passed this deli and went in and said, I, "In my mom's honor, I got to go in and buy some." Yeah, so that's where I am right now.
1: Very nice. Well done, Cap. What are you doing there, by the way? Where are you headed?
2: I'm um, heading home now. I went to this. Uh, my son's getting married on Saturday. Ah, uh, yes. And so I went to this barber. I don't have any hair. Everyone knows that. <laughs> right. But I went to the barber to get my beard trimmed. Ah, uh, okay. And so I'm driving down the street. I'm like, oh my god. There's Kaufman's Deli. My mom loved that place. So I looked up at the sky and said, Mom, in your honor, I'm getting lunch today. That's so, awesome. Good stuff. Well, Cap, uh, I know that uh, – well, I guess we should
1: start um, – you're a baseball guy. You love the game of baseball, but you were watching hockey last night. Uh, Connor Bedard uh, got you to, uh, to ESPN to watch his NHL debut. What did you think of it, Cap? I mean um, – The kid's undersized, you see him on the ice, he's a wizard, he's going to be fine, he's going to be everything that they thought that he would be, uh, just maybe not in game number one. The goaltending was incredible last night, Blackhawks, 1-0, your thoughts.
2: So, he looks like he belongs. Yeah. He just looks like, even though he's 18 years of age, he's mature beyond his years. I mean, it's very cool to see, he reminds me in that way of Jonathan Tate, just just a guy you would like, boy, I wish my child was that mature. And watching him play, watching his ability to control the puck, he's just got all the tools. Is he small? Yes. But I just thought the whole the whole presentation was incredible. The coolest thing I saw, because I'd never seen this in any sport, go back and pull up the audio of the referee dropping It's awesome.
1: Yes, off, yes.
2: When he said, Sid, welcome back for yep. another year. Sidney Crosby, Connor, welcome to the NHL. It's showtime. Have a great season. Bam, down it goes. I was—we played that multiple times on the radio today, and I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard.
0: No, it was really well done. No doubt about it. Trent, sorry. No, no worries at all. I bet a little hockey last night. What? Grandma's Blackhawks? Yeah, they were. Part of the docket. There's a little boost available, so I hit it up and enjoyed watching a little hockey last night and the trophy presentation also with the Stanley Cup. Uh, though the my banner? wife, my wife thought that the season was coming to a close. <laughs> no, this this is the beginning of the season. This was last year. She's Dude, not a how real about big that
2: Vegas presentation. That was awesome. great.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
2: Oh my God, that was incredible too.
0: Cap, you got to get to a
1: Golden Knights game. The whole uh, pregame. Um, Whatever show that they put on, it's it's incredible. It's, uh, it's yeah, Vegas. My,
2: my friend Eddie Olczyk, who's doing the oh, whole sure. thing tonight uh, in Boston on TNT, he said, Cap, listen to me. Take Mindy, because my wife loves hockey. I came home from work one night when I was back doing nights NICE years ago, and my wife said, hey, I bought something uh, on the cable, so if you see it on the bill, I'm like, okay, What wh- would you buy a movie for $5? <laughs> No, I signed up for the Center Ice Package. She wow. She's uh, like, I love hockey. And she watches hockey, like, all the time. So we have the Center Ice. And Eddie said, "Take you love Vegas. Mindy loves Vegas. Go to Vegas for a, a trip and get tickets yep. and go to a game. It's ridiculous.
0: It is. It absolutely is. Well, Cap, uh, let's get into the Bears. And the last couple of weeks, short of the fourth quarter against Denver, Justin Fields has looked like a different quarterback. He has looked like a guy that is competent throwing the football and is not just an athlete out there. What do you take away from that? Is it a good stretch? Are we seeing a turning of the quarter of Justin Fields as a thrower?
2: I think you're seeing growth. That's what I think Mm. you're seeing. I I watch the All-22 every week, and I'm seeing the offensive line I thought against Washington was outstanding. I really thought the offensive line had a great great night. They gave him time. I thought he went through his progressions. D.J. Moore had an all-world night. He was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week. It's only the second Bears receiver ever. And the last one to win that award that was a Bears receiver, Marcus Robinson in
1: 1999.
2: Wow. Jeez. uh, Yeah. I just, I'm seeing growth out of Justin. Now look, Washington came off an emotional overtime game against Philadelphia, a game yeah. they felt they should have won. They should have gone for two. Yeah, their end. coach they choked. Didn't.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: He, he said we were exhausted, gassed. I didn't think we'd make it, so we went to overtime. They lose. Mm-hmm. I think he wishes he could have that decision over. They were flat. Even Magic Johnson, one of their owners, he ripped them. Yeah, he came out flat with no fire. That said, the Bears played great football on both sides of the ball. And so I'm seeing Justin look more comfortable. Now, that doesn't mean he's a top-five quarterback now. It doesn't mean he's made this incredible jump where he's going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes going forward. I hope he is. i got to see a whole lot more. we got 12 more games to evaluate him. But if Carolina is as bad as I think they are, (laughs) the Bears are going to have the number-one pick, and they may have a chance to draft Caleb Williams, who Rick Spielman said to me on the phone, At the same stage of development, not what they became, I would take Caleb Williams over these number one rated guys who went first. Joe Burrow, I'd take him over Trevor Lawrence. He'd be one beat to Andrew Lux, one A, close. I'd take him over Peyton Manning, and I'd taken him over John Elway. That's big stuff.
1: Yeah, I'll say that that's really big stuff. Uh, (laughs) um, and, And I think you have to, Cap. I think it's the right move. I really do.
2: Um, look, did. he resets your quarterback room so you do not have to make That's just dollars yeah. million dollar commitment to Justin. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick up his fifth-year option. Yep, If he plays well, let's assume he plays like this, and you're like, wow, Justin Fields looks really good. Then you should be able to get a first-round pick for him, or more. And mm-hmm. you trade that and draft Caleb Williams. Now you've got him on five years of a rookie deal. Or... If you truly believe Justin is generational and became that, you trade Caleb Williams for the biggest haul other than Herschel Walker in NFL history. That's what it would be.
1: Yep, I, I'm with you. All right, Cap, so I know this news is almost a week old, but we haven't had a chance to speak with you since uh, since Dick Putkus passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously, that was on Thursday. The Bears had a win Friday uh, how much Butkus as opposed to how much Commander's Bears was was your radio show, if you can kind of separate the two? I'm I'm guessing that Butkus had to have been a huge, huge topic.
2: Uh, surprisingly, I would say out of the 100% of our three-hour show on Friday, I would say 80% was Bears Commanders. Mm. We did talk about Dick Butkus and – I had a good relationship with Dick. I did an interview with him, I'm going to say, six, eight months ago. And we were supposed to do it on Zoom at 1130 in the morning. I came home from radio. I walked in the door. It's like 1115. I'm figuring, I'll get something to drink, put my stuff down. My wife's like, "Um, honey, because she had set the Zoom up for me. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Butkus is available, I said. Yeah, I know, 11.30, I'm going to reach it. No, no, I've been talking to him for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah. My wife and I love heat. We like it 90 degrees every day of the year. Dick Butkus does or did as well. And so my wife said, where do you live? That view you have is amazing. I live in Malibu because I like warm weather. And he had moved out there 25 or so years ago, bought a house, renovated it, and... He lived the rest of his life in Malibu, California, wow. and he and my wife got into this whole discussion about kids and warm weather and the fun you can have. Yeah, they just and I finally said, "Dick, you want to do this? Yeah, in a minute, I'm having this discussion <laughs> with your wife about something I'm like this guy this guy was he was awesome, and I'll tell you a quick story. So he loved going to Vegas, and he did not gamble. Hmm. And so I said, "This is on the air." I asked him this. What are you doing in Vegas if you're not gambling and you like going? He, and I think it was Randy White, but I can't remember for sure. It was another legendary football player. Dick would get on the elevator in big hotels and wait till the elevator was packed. And he would get on, and he and this other massive football player are on there, and people are looking like, Dick Butkus, is that so-and-so? And And he had a fart machine. (laughs) He did. He carried it around, and he w- it was disgusting to hear. And he would turn it on, like it was in his hand. It was like a thing you would squeeze it, <laughs> yeah. and people would look around. No one's going to say anything to him, but people are like, "Oh my god!" And he thought that was the funniest thing ever. He then goes into Mayor Daly's office. Rick Sutcliffe is there. They're taking a photo and Dick uh, a video with the news crews there. Dick uses the fart machine and then turns. and goes, Mayor, what did you have for breakfast? And the mayor's like mortified. That was not me. He goes, boy, it sure sounded like it, Mayor. Yeah. He put the mayor in a tough spot. And uh, he thought it was the greatest. That's awesome.
1: Cap, good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you in a week. I appreciate it, David Kaplan. Uh, thanks. Hey, who coming-
2: wins tonight, Dodgers or Diamondbacks? Lance Lynn. Uh,
1: Lance Lynn. Dodgers have to win. I they can't, can't get swept. Give me the D-backs. Um yeah, back I'm for on your... the Dodgers today. We'll see. It's been fun. Cap, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Uh, David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors Cappy 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. That's where you'll see the showroom. uh, If you have a need for any stone veneer, check them out online. There are so many different color and pattern combinations. They've got walls of this stuff. It truly is uh, worth your while to head down there if there's anything uh, on your docket uh, that requires that type of of Centurionstoneofiowa.com 5525 Northeast 22nd. Trent's plays of the day. It's 1245. They're next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.
2: KXNO.
0: If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renters Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renters Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and Tax benefits. Renter's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renter's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to Renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-44. Des
2: it's time for Trent's Pick of the
1: Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes on a Wednesday. Murphy and Andy coming in. The Drive with Heather and Sean. It's Wednesday, Kexano Fantasy Show tonight. Nathan Fisher uh, and, and company. Uh, Tyler they. Tyler Allen, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, um, right after Hawks Central. Oh, that's what precedes it? I didn't yes. know that. Hawks Central tonight at 6. Of course, Leistakow and company. All right, Trent. A um, couple of ba- three baseball games. There's football. The good guys, this, uh, the curtain goes up on their season tonight. Can I
0: interest you at all on Jets' flames? I have not broken that one down. you got to pick for us. You're red hot. I am not picking this game. What? Nope. Why not? Nope. Come I can't on. pick my squad. You can't. Why? I just Emotional lie. hedge. No, there's 82 games, emotional hedge. Yeah, that's a little more difficult, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit more difficult. Well, speaking of emotional hedge, You've yes. You've got the Astros. I will be taking the Astros once again, plus 110 on the money line. I was also in this game. We know it's going to be a short hook, right, for Joe Ryan. Yes. So what's more likely? That he goes out there, pitches well, yada, 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 or he go the other way? So I was looking at number of outs 14 and a half is the number, oh, basically. Ryan, okay. Can he get through that number? Uh-huh. Uh, looking around here, yeah, 14 and a half. Can he get through the fifth? Oh, I don't think so. I'm going to bet the under on that one. Got the same idea also in the Phillies-Braves game. Elder, I don't know who's po- pitching for the Braves. You it's Elder. Is it? Okay. His over-under strikeouts is three and a half, taking the under there. His outs, 11 and a half. I'm going under. I'm... Taking a stand here. Not only do I have the Phillies, I'm also fading Elder, the starter for the Braves, under both in his strikeout and his outs-received uh, prop. And then finally, give me the Diamondbacks one more time. Plus 122, finish this thing up. Lance Lynn. Against Fott. Lance Lynn, that guy stinks. His is approaching seven. Yeah, every now and then, Trent.
1: Every And it has to be, or there's no tomorrow yeah, for these dogs.
0: That's right. Ooh, baby, wouldn't you imagine they get knocked out? We see a sweep of the Orioles Ooh. and Ooh. a sweep of them. What that prop would have paid. Yeah, good question. Very good question. Parlay that one together. <laughs> would have made some money. Indeed. All right, so tomorrow
1: we will, um, what do we have tomorrow? Oh, Nick Olsen's going to join us on Wisconsin and Iowa. Absolutely. Uh, and um, Bill Seals, who's covered Uh, covering uh, Ben's basketball press conference today up in Ames. He'll join us tomorrow as well. Miller and Cotton in weekdays, 11 to 1. Thanks for being with us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.